welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined as I am every week by Mr. Shane Reeves. That's it? I ended up going with nothing. You, 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 you decided on nothing. <laughs> all, right. of that, all that consternation, and you decided on nothing. Yeah, well, you um, know, sometimes it just, everything I had queued up just didn't seem to fit. I understand. I understand how that works. Well, we got a guest tonight. And all we have with us, Joey Haley. And Joey is, Joey, what's your official title at Keller Williams? Team leader slash CEO. So I do CEO functions, basically. Well, I, you know, the reason Joey's on tonight, we're going to light our cigars here in just a second, but I okay. kind of have to set the stage properly. Okay. I've launched an elaborate scheme as I've got my realtor's license. <laughs> I want to find out what Joey does. Because you ask everybody at the office, and they say, oh, yeah, Joey. I said, what does, what does Joey do? We don't know, but we can't do it without him. And That's I a want, good place to be. It is a good place. I want that I job. trained him well. <laughs> That's you know? right. That's right. Nobody will actually tell me, you know, oh, yeah, he, he signs this. i never seen any signature on nothing. I don't think he signs anything. But I, I just, I got to. Well, you haven't got paid yet. That's, that is true. <laughs> At that risk of true. making uh, mash reference three weeks in a row, you're like radar. You just I don't keep like the, that. You keep the cool. place running, yeah. and you uh, and you don't put your name on anything. Yeah, everything. All the just, reward, none of the liability. That's pretty safe. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but we're gonna light our cigars, and then I want to talk about why we have Joey on the show because it's really exciting to me and near and dear to my heart. Now, Trey, you you get to judge me. Okay. This will make your day. I chose Joey's cigar for tonight. He's not a regular cigar smoker. Okay. And I chose the Guardian of the Farm. That's a great, the natural? The natural. Yeah, that's a great entry cigar for someone who's just kind of tangentially kind of every once in a while. It's, it's, a, it's a really fantastic cigar for that, but also it's one that even an experienced cigar smoker still likes. I mean, I tend towards the more full-bodied stuff, and I still love that cigar. So you guys have been smoking for a long time? I've been smoking for... Uh, 16 years oh wow I yeah think that's right yeah i've well it's funny i've only been smoking six or seven five five to seven years somewhere in there and my pastor actually got me started smoking <laughs> listeners of the program have heard the story but we were doing a men's bible study and we would go out afterwards and have cigars and actually discuss the material and that's where i started liking cigars so i'm one of the few people in the world that their pastor started them on cigars that's a unique story. I like that. That's pretty good. <laughs> so the cigar you're going to be smoking tonight, okay. you'll notice the bulldog on the on the wrapper. Mm-hmm. That is actually because it's made by Agonorsa Leaf, and those are the dogs that patrol the Agonorsa farm, and they made this cigar actually in honor of those dogs. Nice. And uh, it's a Nicaraguan Puro, which means the wrapper, the binder, the filler, everything is made in Nicaragua. So it's going to be... I, looked at your beer choice. I was on grabbing him an Undercrown Shade, but I seen he got a Miller. If he had went with a IPA or something more... Um, flavor forward? Yeah, more flavor forward, I'd have probably went with the Undercrown Shade or something with Sumatra and some Anduyo and something really different in it. But when I seen your beer choice, I said Guardian of the Farm. I think it'll be a good choice. So I'm also smoking a Nicaraguan Puro tonight. Um, recently featured as one of our cigars under $8.00. This is the Jaime Garcia Reserva Especial. It's uh, also Nicaraguan Puro from My Father's Cigars. Uh, one of my absolute favorites from the My Father line. This is actually my preference over even the Blue Label original. 
No kidding. Uh, this is my absolute favorite cigar that they make under their own name. And uh, I've been smoking a lot of them recently because I'm a big fan of the Toro. I've smoked all the different sizes they make this cigar in. And the Toro, like in most cigars, is my absolute favorite. There's only one shop in town you can get it. So when I happen to be in the Gulch in the middle of the day, I always stop in and grab a couple. So this is my last one before I go back and, and stock back up. Well, that's a good cigar. I really like that one. I don't know if I like it better than the Blue Label, but I think it's more of an occasion cigar than the Blue Label. Which is interesting considering it's $2 cheaper. Is it cheaper than the Blue Label? No yeah, kidding. Yeah, it is. But I enjoy that particular smoke. One thing I will say about this cigar versus the Blue Label, however, is that it the draw is a little more hit and miss. Yeah. I've been getting some lately that feel really tight right up here around the band. So it's one of those things that you can't smoke it through. Um, this one feels pretty soft. I think I should be in good shape here, though. Do you need a new cutter, or is it that just a tough cigar? Your cutter looked like you were I don't struggling. I've think... seen a vein pop out on your forehead. <laughs> so I've, I've had this particular cutter since I lived in Atlanta, so six years or so. And okay. uh, six, anywhere from six to eight years, I think probably closer to eight. And I've never once sent it back to Zycar to have it sharpened, and I think it's getting about that time. I, th- I think it's time because you were you were struggling. You were. I was. It's the first time it's given me that much of a fight. But again, I smoke three to four cigars a day for eight years. That's that's it's probably about time to get it sharpened. Yeah, it's held up pretty good, all things considered. If you want to show Joey how to cut his, because he's oh, yeah. a, he's a novice smoker, and you can. And I noticed you didn't wet your cigar beforehand. You followed. Right followed good protocol so what we're going to do here is we're just going to take the other end of it there okay i'm gonna what we're looking for here sorry to take that away from you are you near the microphone where everybody can hear you i, I, I thought you were going to go i thought we were going to do this while you were carrying well i was show. but you started talking uh, so basically just right under the little cap right there and then just ever so lightly just like that oh wow Cool. It's a little crooked, but that's not going to affect anything. No. And th- that's just me being cross-eyed. So what you're trying to do is get the cap where they roll the whole cigar, they bunch it, and then they put a, a wrapper on it, and then they put a cap on the end. It's held down with a pectin, a vegetable glue. And you just want to cut the cap because the purpose of the cap is to keep the cigar from unrolling. And, also you, and I see people all the time. I seen somebody last night cut the whole cap off. Really? And it's like, okay, now your cigar is going to unroll. There was no point in putting a cap on if you're going to cut the whole <laughs> cap off. But also, I'm smoking tonight. The La Aurora DNA, the Dominican DNA. I love this cigar. This is my poker cigar. This is Anduyo tobacco. So what's special about Anduyo tobacco, Joey, is they bury this tobacco to ferment. Most tobacco is either stalk cut or select cut and hung in a barn to dry well actually where this is grown they actually bury the tobacco in order to fermented wow because also the big difference in cigar and cigarette tobacco is cigar tobacco is all fermented and all because that's all no part clue. of the process oh yeah yeah so he's smoking kimchi essentially yeah <laughs> but kimchi it's good tasting twist. yeah it's, it's excellent tasting kimchi here's a lighter and if you'd like to go ahead and light and i'll talk about it. so the it's it's a Dominican cigar. Yeah, uh, the color, they call the color like Colorado. Binder, filler. There's some Cameroon in here. There's some Nicaraguan in here. Uh, Guillermo Leon 
and all, who's the big that's the reason there's a lion on the outside of all the you know all the la aurora boxes is right. actually the blender and he tends he <laughs> tends to rarely miss yeah by the way don't inhale or you'll really have problem <laughs> and all, he tends to rarely miss as a blender there you go you got pretty good light on that yeah you're just you're looking good? for a good yeah. even light okay and it'll it'll kick on as you go that's a, that is a butane lighter. It's Calibri Julius. We both use them because the soft light is just so much better than the the heavy light. So, Trey, you talk while I light my cigar. All right. Um, you, ca- you caught me totally off guard. So I-, I had a lighter in my hand. How could I catch you off guard? <laughs> Joey, you're going to understand. You're going to have to join this Friends of Shane support group. Trey is the chairman currently. But he's looking it's not for someone. Easy. Is there open membership? <laughs> there is open membership. Okay, good. All you have good. to do is deal with this sucker for a couple hours a week, and you're and you're good to go. So, um, well, I guess one of the big reasons that we have you on, Shane's been talking uh, for the last couple of months, I guess, about getting his realtor's license. Yeah. Now he's entering into that foray. Yes. Um, why don't you tell us just kind of a little bit about yourself and and your affiliation with Keller and kind of? Yeah, I've been with Keller since two thousand and three. And uh, I actually started in Clarksville, Tennessee. Brought Keller. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I brought my. Um, we brought the company to the to the area. Okay. And so we started a new office there, and uh, we had great success. Still do. It's a. It's one of the biggest firms still in, in Keller in the southeast. And we took um, top market share in about 18 months. Oh wow! And so we've had great success, and then in. Um, 18 years of my 24 years in the business has been in Clarksville. And so I, it, during that time, I grew a team, grew my real estate company as an agent. And that's what we teach at Keller Williams. We give you options to grow your personal business. You can stay as an individual agent, or if you have ambitions and um, uh, desires to build your own company, we help you do that also. Okay. So we have a lot of diversity. And then um, in May of 2013, Lee Gillick, the owner of the Spring Hill office, contacted me looking for a team leader. And so one thing led to another. Within 90 days, I accepted and started here in August of 13. Okay. So you've been around a little bit. Yes. You've seen a lot of the growth on firsthand. A lot of growth, a lot of changes in the industry. In this area, when I got here, uh, it was coming out of the recession, mm-hmm. so things were still pretty tight. And then we saw that it's like a hockey stick, you know, it curved upwards all of a sudden, and it became crazy. But it, during that time, Nashville uh, started getting 100 people a day moving into the area, and that really just escalated. And, and typically what happened is that within the year 2014-15, Spring Hill became one of the number one communities for the Nashville area. Yeah. It, it, it has wasn't grown so fast. It has. Yeah, and it's it's not about its growing pains, but it's I mean it's a lot of fun. It's a great market to be yeah, in. Yeah, it is. And all it was kind of you know everybody that listens to the show has heard me talk about this for a while. Feel free to use that as much as you need. It was really um, a unique experience for me. I was never a cute girl at the prom, so when all the brokers started trying to give me their Letterman jacket. <laughs> it, it was kind of it was it was difficult to decide. It was hard. It's hard to accept. Yeah, it was kind of hard to decide and all, but I did decide on Keller Williams. And it just it come down to technology and training. You know, that's really the the heart of the matter. And all Joey's actually who recruited me for Keller Williams, and him and we've known Lee Gillig forever. 
and Ali worked with us at a lot of things. But so what we're going to be doing, the reason Joey's on the podcast is we're actually going to be starting a new podcast with Joey and I. It's going to be the reality of real estate, the Roar podcast. And we're going to talk about all the different aspects of the real estate business. Um, we're also, it's kind of going to chronicle my first year in real estate and all the things I learn. And um, how fun to have. That's going to be part of the club. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Is that okay? Okay? Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll get you'll get vice chairman pretty quick because you have to share a mic with the guy. Uh, that's a club of one right now. So well, he he does have the option of hurling my license at me like a throwing star. That is true. <laughs> telling me to get out of the office. So he does at least have that option. You don't have that option necessarily. That's true. But how fun is it gonna be to be able to look back on your career however many years from now and have that audio diary of, of that first year in the business? Yeah, it's going to be cool. And, you know, I've been around building all my life, so I want to talk to the different kind of builders and the different aspects of the industry. You know, Trey is in mold remediation. And what, what's the exact oh, title? Really? What's the best way to describe yeah. what you do? Well, we're a full-service restore, uh, mm-hmm. restoration company. So we do water damage, but we also do crawl space renovation and mold remediation as well. And a couple of other things, deodorization, carpet cleaning. Are you out of the area here? Or? Yeah. We're actually uh, based right out here in Nashville. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> car, that with the car. Okay. Lee Jenning. And notice, Joey did. Joey followed proper etiquette. And I didn't know till last night, we were actually sitting at the bar here smoking. And um, Jay told me, he said, do you know proper etiquette? When somebody hands you a business card, you stop and read the business card. Don't just take it and put it in your pocket that that's proper. I didn't know that. I've lived my whole life, and I did not know that piece of etiquette. You seem like the kind of person that was probably following etiquette without realizing it, though. Probably was. In most instances, I I usually am, and and I don't want nothing. You know, and I usually make a... I always try to make a comment, you know, oh, great picture, nice dog, cute house. Where do you get your cards? corners, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever, whatever, great color scheme, whatever I can come up (laughs) with off off the cuff. But coming back, what we're going to be talking about um, you know, the difference in builders. I'm going to have some of my builders on. The difference in what is a production builder, what's a custom builder, what's a system builder, how do how builders get paid, what's most beneficial to you as a customer for finding a builder, energy efficiency, mold remediation. We're going to have you and Greg come on there and do a show with us and talk about, you know, what y'all do. I'm going to have other realtors on there. And did I tell you, one of the guys at the um, team meeting yesterday recognized me as the guy that yelled at the instructor during class? No. <laughs> really? Who was it? Uh, Shane. I forget Shane's last name. The other Shane. Yeah. Uh, Grubbs. Grubbs, Shane yes. Grubbs. Shane Grubbs. Yeah. He, he said, I think I went to class with you. Did you yell at the instructor about not knowing how to read a plot plan? That was me. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was That's memorable, great. if not useful. <laughs> but lots That's of going on your tombstone. Is that a pattern? <laughs> No. Yes. Well, yes. Yes, it is. Hey, now. <laughs> I don't know that I, hey, I necessarily get, I get beat up on this show all the time. This is my one opportunity to turn the tables. I'm taking it. <laughs> well, and so. I oh, need to take notes, obviously. Absolutely. For future reference. I will say this about Shane. He can dish it out pretty good, but he can also take it just as well. There's some That's people good. that can't, and he's, he's, he's one of the rare ones. We tend to give each other a lot, of, a lot of encouragement and flack at the same time. And also, it's always a lot of fun. You know, I almost chose the Tennessee Waltz for Joey because he's such a big UT fan. Oh, but that's just that's too just, much that's a cigar. lot of cigar. 
Yeah, that would be. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's, yeah a, it's, it's, a, it's a real heavy cigar. I haven't smoked one of those in a very long time. Um, speaking of cigars, this is a cigar podcast, so we're getting yeah. in. Um, I saw a couple of things that I, I found two pieces of news this week that I wanted to kind of talk about, and they're somewhat related. Number one is that my phone won't unlock. Here we go. Um, that made the news? So YouTube demonetizes cigar-related channels. Have you seen I, this? I've seen this. I was reading about this today because I wanted to talk about it. All right. Um, so everyone is probably anyone with kids knows about YouTubers and how you can actually make a living just yeah. by posting YouTube videos now. And it's all based on advertising revenue and that sort of thing. Um, YouTube uh, un- unveiled an updated policy regarding types of content that it will and will not display ads on, which now includes tobacco related content. So what that means is they're not going to be running any advertisement on tobacco-related content, which for the viewer is a good thing. But what it means is that they are alienating tobacco companies, and uh, so they're not going to be able to make money through their normal channels, pardon the pun, and they're probably going to start going towards outside po- uh, um Advertising on local podcasts? That, well, (laughs) and much like podcasts tend to bring their own advertisers in and kind of do it throughout the show, I think we'll see more of that model within the YouTube channel. But so I think it's really a shame that YouTube has decided to get on the bandwagon of tobacco is evil in all its forms rather than letting people just share their hobby with one another. Um, But then I read this, and it makes perfect sense why people are demonizing the tobacco industry. Jassum Crawl. Have you seen this one as well? Yes. Well, okay. I'm not talking about the IPCPR thing. Yes. Okay. So they have have added to their line. So Jassum Crawl is the cigar company that does CBD oil-infused cigars, which Shane and I both agree... does not belong there. Let cigars be cigars. Let your CBD stuff be your CBD stuff. Jassum Crawl adds Nugs Kine Puro Selection, a THC-infused cigar. So now not only have they done the legal CBD, but now they've basically got a cigar that'll get you high. I I mean, why not just say weed-infused? And when I see stuff like this, it's no wonder... Cities are passing anti-tobacco reg- legislation and regulations, and no wonder YouTube is demonetizing your YouTube channels because we're, it's making the whole industry look like crap. Well, okay, so I've got to take a different stand. I'm taking a different stand on, one, yes, Jack Crawl is evil. Nobody should ever buy one of their cigars. They're a terrible company. They're always going to be problems. This one may have a little more fire. Yeah, I think my flint's almost done on this one. Well, I said that one may have a little more fire. It may be out of juice. Here, try this one. We're handing Joey different lighters. At one point, I cut a witch doctor off in traffic and couldn't get a lighter to work to save my life. But I'm in favor of YouTube doing this. Really? Because YouTube wants to control their content. So they have two options, censorship or demonetization. So ver- so it's the lesser of two evils? Right. I would much rather them say, okay, we're going to demonetize these these tobacco ads, and that way if people want to do it, they can still do it. And if you want to come up with alternate funding, you can still come up with alternate funding. You know, if we want to post a video of you and I smoking a cigar here at Crown Cigar and we want to advertise Crown Cigar as part of that or a video of the Drew Estate event, they're not keeping us from doing that. 
So I'm actually in favor of this. I'm, uh, that's a different stance for what people thought I would have, but that's really what I think. But are you really in favor of it, or are you in favor of this if they were going to take it? Because wouldn't you prefer they not take any action at all and just continue to monitor? Because people still have the ability to privately fund and advertise it just added to the revenue by having the monetization. I'd rather them have both options. But I think YouTube has got to have ways to control their content. They do. And they're currently being sued by Dennis Prager for censoring Prager use. Right. For just saying these are not acceptable when they're very acceptable. You ever listen to Prager U, Joey? No. Oh, go on YouTube and get the ones they haven't censored. It's amazing. He has most insightful geniuses speaking to social issues. Um, And he's currently suing YouTube because stuff that don't agree with them politically, they've been banning. So I'm in favor of YouTube being able to control their product. Um, Would I rather they did nothing? I don't know. Because if you watch YouTube, you can get pretty far into the weeds of some really disturbing things that shouldn't be on there. Yeah, but and I'm all for them curating their content and making sure that there aren't I mean, I don't want to log in and see, you know, murder videos and other things that are illegal. But tobacco use of and, and, and videos for people who are of age to enjoy it, I don't see why there's any, any issues there. What do you think, Joe? I think you could age restrict <laughs> it first. My problem is that <clears throat> with YouTube making decisions on, on political reasons, that bothers me because that takes away freedom of speech right? but I do understand that uh, I can I can see both points here yeah unfortunately I don't know I'm not a big YouTube guy so <laughs> well, well and, and I will say this as well is that I'm not much of a YouTube guy either I couldn't tell you the last time I, I watched YouTube for anything other than um, trying to learn something new for work or trying to uh, it's not I'm not one of those people that spends hours just going down the rabbit hole on YouTube. So this, ultimately, this doesn't really impact me much. But it's just one of those, uh, I hate the term slippery slope, but that's what it is. It's kind of one of those slippery slope kind of things, I feel But isn't it kind of common, though, now? I mean, everybody's doing it, pretty much. Yeah. And there's so extremes on both ends. Right. And that's, I just just hate seeing extremism in any Mm -hmm. form. And, and, And the thing is... You know, they to Shane's point, they are a private company. Well, I mean, they're publicly traded, but I mean, it's a private enterprise. They have, they are well within their rights. They could only allow cat videos and disallow everything else, and they would be well within their rights to do that. But I think there's, a, I think it is a zero sum game at some point when you censor so much that the people, the, the other content does get caught in the crossfire. I don't think we're close to that now, but I could see how that might end up happening at some well, point. I'm always going to be in favor of letting the market dictate. And mm-hmm. to me, that's what I applaud YouTube. That's a step they're taking. Instead of going hard and saying we are a private company and we'll show what we want to show and only showing their viewpoint, they are saying, fine, let's let the market dictate it. If you can generate ad revenue, you know, if you and I wear an LFD shirt while we're sitting here smoking LaFleur Dominica and they pay us, you know, $10,000 an episode, um, it wouldn't be, you know, to me, that's fine. Yeah, no, ab- absolutely. Um, but like I said, that, that was always the option beforehand. But and the other, I mean, well, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll let that rest. Moving forward, I got a good one for you. The ultimate coffee table book. This won't take long. 
The ultimate coffee table book about cigars is being released. This is from Rob Report. I am ashamed that we aren't the authors. Well, and and I, wait till you hear the rest of it. You'll really be ashamed we're not the author. First, okay, I don't own a coffee table. Do you own a coffee table? Yeah. Do you have a book on it? Uh, yes. What's the book? Uh, it's a. Uh, McCarthy's of Marigold, Mississippi. It's a pottery studio. It's a collection of some of their more famous works. Nobody has insomnia at your house, do they? They just, it, they just see the decor and fall right down asleep. It is a very, very <laughs> famous pottery studio. Joey, do you have a coffee table? I do. What's on your coffee table? Uh, the decorations my wife want to put on there and some Southern Living magazines. Okay, well that's that's almost acceptable. I can't give him yeah. too much flack for the for the. <laughs> it's her you know, it's her baby. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just glad I didn't also tell him about the book full of bridges that I have on there as well. Oh, covered bridges of Massachusetts or something Not like covered that. Covered bridges, just kind of interesting and unique bridges from all over the country or all over the world, rather. So he this, walked right past that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't swing at every pitch. You know, every now and then you let one go when you know it's in the strike zone. Um, Aaron Sigmund is the author of this book, and it is just called The Impossible Collection of Cigars. It's 100 pages and all, but this is the part that struck me. How much would you pay for the ultimate coffee table book about cigars? 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Joey, what's your bid? 75. 75. Trey, you're closer to the actual retail price about going over $1,000. Oh, my God. <laughs> What? And if you take a look at the picture, I've, I'm turning my iPad around so they can see, and y'all go go to Rob Report and see this. Wow. And it, it looks like a cigar box. Yeah, it looks like a cigar box. It's bound. Okay, who puts a $1,000 book on their coffee table? Uh, that's, I wonder if that's a, a book in search of an audience rather than an audience in search of a book. Because I've got some pretty decently bound and attractive cigar books that I could very easily put on my coffee table. I didn't pay $1,000 for them, I can tell you that. Joey, if you, you had six kids. With all six kids, what would you do if you come in and there's a Jolt Cola sitting on top of the ultimate $1,000 coffee table book? We would have a slight problem. Yeah. <laughs> just a little one. I just, Simple I can't, correction would be made. Yes. <laughs> I can't You'd have be, five kids. Yes. <laughs> It'd be like me and the teacher that didn't know how to read a plot plan. Exactly. <laughs> Real estate training. Well, let's step away for a quick break. When we come back, we got some other stuff. I can't wait. We've got the new ST DuPont Apollo lighter. And I can't wait to see Joey's reaction on this lighter because he's not initiated necessarily to all this cigar stuff. Right. Not so, even close. This will be hilarious, but we'll be right back. Back to the cigar cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from Trey Deadman. He's unique, just like everyone else. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> Our special guest tonight, Joey Haley, and all, and he's going to be part of the Roar podcast. The new podcast should be out first part of July. I think we're going to record the first ones next week sometime. Oh, so you guys yep. are jumping on this pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, we're I need you to come help me with all the technical aspect okay. of this <laughs> and all, but. Coming back real quick, um, 
War Podcast is going to be a lot of fun. You know, we were just talking off air, and y'all were talking about mold, which doesn't sound very exciting. But what's the biggest mistake? Just a teaser real quick before we jump back into cigars, because I got a great lighter. What's the biggest mistake people make when buying a house? And you can't say not hiring a realtor. Fair enough. (laughs) Not understanding what they're signing. Contract. Really understanding what's in the content of the agreement. And um, not getting too emotional about the purchase, which is hard to do. I mean, it's, it's more money than most people will ever see any other place in their lives. It's the largest investment of most people's lives. Yeah. And, and, and I tell people all the time that it's the only industry that I know that they buy a product that has nothing to do but with how they feel about a home. It's a different, unique situation. Right. Totally. So it's easy to get caught up in the emotion of that great home that you want to buy. And you overlook a lot of things because you get excited. Oh, I can absolutely believe that. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's, you know, that's been one of my biggest struggles coming into the real estate business. I've, you know, Fred, Fred Kane, a great friend here. He's been a great mentor to me. He gives me so much of his time. Been in real estate for years. He's heard me in here complaining about the office I'm used to my office, which is like this. It's a bastion of masculinity. You know, there's deer pictures on the wall. There's elk horns hanging over the door. There's, you know, it's it's always running the fine line between bastion of masculinity and den of inequity. But I think we can keep it on one side of the line. But then I go to the Keller Williams office, and it's a lot more emotional environment. Actually, if I leave the Keller Williams office and come here, I have to stop at a grocery store and a sporting goods store so that I don't get, like, the testosterone bins <laughs> between the two locations. <laughs> so that, it, that's been interesting because there is a lot of emotion, and a lot of the salesmen really have to learn to trade on that emotion. And I'm, I'm a shoot the engineer and build the house type guy. That's correct. And that does make a difference. And, you know, and honestly, there's probably um, – the majority of people in our industry are female. So, you know, they they have a dominant force in our industry. They just do. And um, and with their, their sensitivity to, to the client, it's very apparent, you know, and they do care. And, and men have to bend to that, you know, because it, it, it becomes an emotional experience when you help somebody find their home. Yeah, and, well, and it's funny... I just can't see a lot of deer head in the office, and oh, you know, I mean, I just unless it's in your private office. Okay, but, you know, that's okay. I was going to bring one of the team meeting next week, but I guess no, you're okay <laughs> with that. You may get may, some people not appreciate that. You just walk into the team meeting, hum up a way, right? And uh, well, but now this is what's funny because actually I'm going to bring this all back to cigars. The the cigar is a unit of time. And as men, we use this as a great excuse where women will say, oh, I'm going to go sit with my friend and we're going to talk and we're going to talk about her issues and we're going to talk about her life and all that. Men will say, you know, Trey will call me, hey, you want to go have a cigar? Yeah. Now, we may talk about nothing or we may talk about the most deep, deep deep-seated roots, fears, and desires of our life. Trey, I'll never tell anybody your secret. 
How are the hormones coming? Um, um, so, <laughs> but your know, wife is going to give know. you so much crap for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because that's really kind of how this cigar cast happens. Is Trey and I, the cigars a unit of time, and you actually sit with somebody and share a cigar, and you have nothing to do but sit and talk to each other. And it's really exciting. You know, we come here on Friday night and may hang out four hours with the brain trust just solving the world's problems at all. So it's, it all comes back. But moving back to a news story. All right. Show me this lighter. Unless you would like to cap that off. No, I think you hung yourself well enough on that one. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I'll, that, that's my goal. My goal is either... Give you a, enough uh, microphone cord to hang yourself? Well... Either A, Joey is going to really get a deeper understanding and I'm going to get a huge benefit of knowledge from him through this podcast and we're going to share it with all the listeners. Um, B, he's going to throw my real estate license at me and tell me never to come back. There's always that possibility. Or C, some some unknown thing will emerge because the cigar cast didn't start out as what it is today. And I was talking to some people two weeks ago that had listened to the whole show. They started at like episode 95 and then they went back and listened to them all and we were talking about how it changed and evolved. It's really interesting. So it's going to be so interesting to have everybody come along and find out how Roar is going to evolve. Yeah. And first and foremost, I may find out that Roar is not the name of it. That may be the first step in evolution. (laughs) But right now, it's Roar, Reality of Real Estate. You're the creator, so there you go. (laughs) But, so S.T. DuPont adds Apollo La Aquart. This is the Apollo 13 lighter from S.T. DuPont. So, S.T. DuPont, world-renowned for the greatest lighters in the world. They're a French company. Um, James Bond uses an S.T. DuPont now, or does he still use the... He uh, he now uses an S.T. DuPont. He used to use a Ronson. Right. I know he started with a Ronson, but they're super high-end, super luxury lighters. This is This illustrates it even more. This is the... Apollo 13 lighter. So it's a St. ST DuPont Series 2 over an actual model of the Apollo 13 moon landing vehicle. Apollo 11? Or Apollo 11, excuse me. Apollo 11 moon landing vehicle. You didn't want to correct him, but you knew it did. I just, <laughs> I'm a guest. That's all right. <laughs> Feel free to correct the host at any time. With actually Unless that hoses me. A piece of meteorite <laughs> built into the lighter. Now, here's my first question. How do I know this is a piece of meteorite and not a piece of gravel from the parking lot at the ST DuPont factory? Well, it's a very good, I'm sure there's a certificate of authenticity that comes with it, right? Because I, they, made a, they made a line two lighter and a pin in the meteorite collection a few years ago. This was probably about six years ago when they were trying to get me to come work for them. And that was their big party piece at the time. And it was... I think the lighter was something like six or eight thousand dollars, and the pin was maybe a thousand dollars less than that. But it actually had meteorite dust ground up into the lacquer, and it came with a certificate of authenticity. So I'm sure this one does too. But super interesting to me. So it's not a piece of coal. Yeah, looks like Kentucky coal. Right. Yeah, it does. It kind of. You know, which which matches. You know, if it was white, you could you could argue well, it hadn't come through the the reentry process. And all, but here's the question: Did you you read the article? I haven't. You haven't. Okay. What would you pay? This is my favorite part. What would you pay for this St. Dupont Apollo La Quart? 
$32,000. He has $32,000. Joey, what would you pay, or what would you say the price is? Oh my gosh, I'm out of the game here. Um, I was thinking 1500 bucks. so, you know, he tells me I don't know value. <laughs> now, if we had a house value, yeah, it'd be different, but... You, you probably a, a, yeah, yeah. a house of a yeah. meteorite in the backyard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Let's go be our new sales technique. Meteorite in the backyard. $30,500 will get you the ST DuPont. So this is I amazing. almost said you know 30000 you know and it. I decided to go a little up, but yeah. Over 500 hours goes into the creation of this slider. And you can see that. I mean, their, their stuff is beautiful. Yes, it's way overpriced and completely impractical, but the amount and the attention to detail in their products is just incredible. Do you think they're actually really using this lighter, or is it just for collector piece? For the most part, I think it's collector piece. Yeah. I, I don't think there's anybody out there spending $30,000 on a lighter and then using it on a regular basis. They may bring it out when they've got a, you know, when the Pope comes to visit or yeah, something some like that. Special but guest. Go have yeah. a cigar with the Pope. Wouldn't you? <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, what would you smoke with the Pope? I don't know, but I would make sure that the smoke coming out of the end of the cigar was very, very white. <laughs> <laughs> fitting. <laughs> very but, fitting. But that's a, that's a deep cut for, yeah. for, for Catholic people out there. That's a real deep cut. Um, oh, by the way, a quick update. So when we had Jonathan and Toledo Alejandro on the podcast... And all Jonathan pulled out a cutter that was the sharpest cutter you and I either wanted to ever use. Yes. That is actually a Zycar cutter called the flat cutter. Really? And all you can get on Amazon for like $79. Not bad. And all, but I'm curious if that steel has held up. Yeah. We need but, to give him a call and find out. Well, he was here last night for poker, and he was still cutting with it, and it was still as sharp, and he's cut over 1,000 cigars with that wow. lighter. So wow. if it's if it holds up that good, I'm definitely buying it. Definitely worth the investment. Although I've got to say, as as evidence, I mean, yeah, it's getting a little worn now. But this Zycar that I've got has cut well over a thousand cigars, probably closer to two or three thousand cigars, and it's, I mean, it's only just now showing some dullness. How long has it been around Zycar? Since the late '90s. Hmm. So I started smoking cigars in 2004, and. Uh, it's been, so I guess 15 years, not quite 16. And uh, they had just come onto the scene. Uh, before that, Calibri, who makes the lighters that we're both and who I used to work for, uh, they really had, they had like 94% market share for all cigar accessories. And then they ran into some financial trouble. And Zycar came on the, on the map offering an unconditional, limit, uh, unconditional unlimited lifetime warranty. You can throw this thing in a house fire and dig it out of the rubble and they will replace it no questions asked and those Zycars they range in price like the classic teardrop cutter you can get them as cheap as 20 bucks 29 and as much as 500 yeah you you know they have scrimshaw engraved ones and carbon fiber this is a world I just didn't know existed (laughs) this is crazy and you used to work for one of those I did yeah, I was, a, I was a rep for Calibri for a little over a year. And uh, so it's, um, it's a great company in terms of, I mean, I'm such a, an accessories nerd. I love cutters and lighters. I think it's a great way to show your personality through your cigars. And it's just fun because there's so much innovation that takes place in that side of the market. 
And uh, even even after leaving the company, I still have nothing but good things to say about the products they make. They they put so much attention to detail in the design, which, as we talked about last week, there are a lot of companies out there that really don't put any. I mean, they keep releasing new lighters that look just like what they already had on the market. Calibri's not doing that. They're really innovating. They're they're putting some. Uh, attention to detail in the aesthetic of their product. I just love that. When you worked for that company, was that what got you into smoking cigars? No, I had already been, that was in 2013. So I'd already been smoking for almost 10 years at that point. So I started college at 17 years old. And so on my 18th birthday, my best friend in college who later became my roommate was a little bit older than I was, had a mentor who had gotten him into cigars when he was 18. So for my 18th birthday, he bought me a cigar, and I said, I like this. And I've been smoking ever since. Nice. So, something unique tonight. I want to talk about something we have never talked about before in all the history of the show. All right. And all, I, was, I was prepping for the show tonight and found this, and I'm really, really excited when it's something new. Dry boxing cigars. Are you familiar with the term? I'm not. So, dry boxing cigars, this time of year when the humidity is so high and all, there actually is a reverse process because you keep your cigars in the humidor to keep them at 70% humidity. And 70 degrees Fahrenheit. And 70 degrees Fahrenheit. You can dry box your cigars to bring the humidity level down because this time of year when it's 90% humidity everywhere. Right. You know, my humidor, my power humidor has not kicked on in three days. Yeah. And I'll just because it's so humid in the house anyway. Every well, time I open the door. And this is why I like the Bavita packs is because they use those little crystals, almost like diaper crystals, to emit humidity to keep it at a certain level. But if the humidity gets too high, and as long as it has the bandwidth for it, it'll actually suck humidity out of the air as well to keep it at that constant level. Well, so this is an article. It's from Blind Man's Puff, which, by the way, a great blog. I love the guys at Blind Man's Puff. I do. I th- is that Brian Hewitt's publication? Um, I don't know. Okay. And I, you would ask the one question I don't know the answer to. But this author was Jeff Gordon. Gorgon. He was actually the author. Oh, Medusa's brother. Yes, if you look at him too long. (laughs) So, he likes his cigars. That joke was just for me. (laughs) Obviously. Sometimes (laughs) sometimes we do them just for us. But if you hear a Jimmy Buffett joke, it was just for us. That was really all it was about. But, uh, But... So he likes his cigars in the 62-63% humidity range. I know a lot of guys that do. And he talks about, so there's different techniques for dry boxing. Um, The simplest, most basic method is a piece of cedar and Tupperware. Okay. And you throw your cigars in there, you clip down the Tupperware real tight with the cedar, and it sucks the moisture out of the cigars. Now, I was actually, it's funny, I was at an event one time with Hinky, the master blender, blender for Avo. Avo. Mm-hmm. Um, really interesting guy, because I'll never forget, he said, Shane, the trick is not making a cigar or a good cigar. It's making the same cigar over and over. But he was talking about how much stronger and more flavor you'll get out of a less humidified cigar, that a more humidified cigar will actually give you less flavor. So I've never dry boxed, but I'm thinking I may try it. Yeah. No, I'd be interested to try something at that low humidity point. It is, 
easy to go off the cliff, though, and go too far. Uh, so you, I, I would say you probably have to monitor that fairly closely. Um, yeah, I definitely notice the drier cigars the more I taste. I mean, it, it makes sense as well if you think about cooking as a, as a nice parallel here. When you're making soup, you know, if, you, if you're making um, just, say, vegetable beef soup, you have to add so much more salt and flavoring and spices and things like that as, as a soup as you would if you were making just, say, hamburgers. And it's because the, the moisture dilutes that the, the salt and spice content. So if you add humidity to your cigar, you're going to be diluting the flavors a little bit. So it kind of makes sense. Well, and you can very easily over-humidify them and they'll actually explode at all. So you have to be, really? oh yeah, you can get too much humidity in your cigar and it'll actually start cracking down the sides. Well, I've had blowouts before. I keep trying to comprehend all this because when I was a kid, my grandfather was a tobacco farmer. Oh, okay. So I spent many years wrapping it, harvesting it, you know, all that. And just looking the detail work on these cigars is amazing to me because, um, you know, my relatives are out of southern Kentucky, and so that was their cash crop was tobacco. And it took a lot of pride. I knew my granddaddy worked on me very hard on how to tie it and book it for the sale. And it, that knot had to be a certain way. And and when you see the tobacco form, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Because it has a elasticity to it, but then it also has the ability to stick together and form it. So it's kind of neat to see this working out the way it does. It's, so is that up in, like, the Hopkinsville area? Yeah, or, or Trenton, Kentucky. Trenton, okay. That's where my granddaddy's from. My, that's a book. Most of the Haley's came out of Russellville, Kentucky, but they, they migrated down to that area. Okay. So... You know, I've been in the tobacco field since I was six years old. Oh, wow. So, hard work. Hard work. <laughs> no no doubt. But when we did actual harvest of the tobacco, where we cut it, and then we'd take it to a little house, a little small tenant house that was just used for, and then my grandfather would take plastic on the windows on the inside, and the coal, the coal reminded me of the coal we put into the fireplace to keep warm. Right. As we were booking the tobacco because of the of the humidity helped it to form. So I'm just kind of going back and forth what I know. Yeah. Which is nothing like this, but it's like bringing the product for this. Not this, but. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of interesting, I'll be honest, to see the end, in, the end product. Well, and we, we talk about it all the time. You have to go back and listen to some old episodes of the show. Because we talk about the Kentucky Fire Cured is actually made there in Hopkinsville. Yep. Cigar. Yep. Yep. And I go, we go to the barn smoker. I go every year. Trey went one year with me. And they actually smoke the tobacco, yep. being they cover the floor with sawdust. Yes. And, That's you know, what we did. We had the burly tobacco, which was air cured. And then we had the dark fire tobacco that we would set the smoke up, would dig the trough, put in the slabs, and yep. covered it with the sawdust. Uh-huh. One of these and, days you're going to have to give him a KFC. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to tell you, uh, my favorite smell in the world is in the fall when when the tobaccos are oh, yeah. barns are smoking. It's really funny. The people that would move into Clarksville from other parts of the country never fails. They would call 911 that a barn was on fire. They didn't know. Yeah. But it was the natural process of curing that specific type Springfield, Tennessee, has a lot of that, the dark fire tobacco also. 
for years and years and years. Oh, well, there, there's so much. You know, now we utilize Perique tobacco, which is grown in Louisiana down in the swamps. And oh, there's wow. the Anduyo, there's Braganca. Braganca, which is actually twisted, kind of like what you're talked about. Mm-hmm. And there's so many treatments for processing. That's one of the reasons we, I love cigars. And we just, yeah. we love to do the podcast because it's, there's so many aspects of cigars. And there's well, even a cigar that's actually made up in, with uh, tobacco out of Hopkinsville. Oh, really? That it uses that dark fire tobacco. Yep. Um, it it it's like smoking barbecue. It's it's incredible. I had a great uncle that would um, actually, as we were twisting it, he would take one with him. It was like rough country, you know, tobacco that used to chew, and he would just take it out of the barn and cut it off, and put it in his mouth. Yeah, he was strong, <laughs> stronger than dirt is what <laughs> I, I would say. That. Couldn't do it. At all, but let's get a quick update on our cigars real quick. What do you think of the Guardian of the Farm? I love it. Just Actually, really kind of relaxing. Very relaxing. Then it's doing its job. Yeah, it's really amazing. I didn't think I'd like it this much, but I do. Yeah, it's it's just... Smoking a cigar is just one of those acts that you can just enjoy and have camaraderie and everything around. How's the Jaime Garcia treating you? This is great. Like I said, I was I was after I cut it and, and cold drew it, I was pretty confident that I got one with a decent draw on it, uh, and, and I did. So it's, it's very peppery, which is one of the things I like about it. I'm actually on a cleaner palate than usual today, and so it's uh, it's just giving me everything I want. It is it is as my father of my father's cigars you can get. Well, the, the DNA is just a great smoke. Um, I love the Anduyo tobacco, and actually... I've got to talk about one new cigar coming out that I sent Austin with specific instructions to bring me this cigar back. And all our owner of the shop, Austin, went to the IPCPR show. And I said, I want the Fratello Cigars Texan. Okay, wait a minute. What is the IPCR? It's the International or yeah, International Premium Cigar and Pipe Retailers Association. Gotcha. Okay. And all, and it's fixing to change names. It actually is just going to become PRA, or PCA, Premium Cigar Association. Right. And all, they have their big show in Vegas. That's why we have so much content because there's so much, um, so much going on right now. In A lot cigars. of new releases coming out uh, this time of year in the cigar industry. People save up their big announcements for this time of year. It's a really exciting time. This has been a very educational time for me. I had no clue this world existed. I'm still amazed with your conversations, how they roll off with each other, and you go in different directions. I'm thinking, dear God, this is unreal. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a lot of information. Well, we've been we've been I mean we've been friends for almost four years now. We've been doing this show for two and a half, wow. so we we kind of settled into a rhythm. Um, so you'll get there on on the Roar podcast for sure. Yeah, you guys definitely have a rhythm. That's for sure. You play off each other really well. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Well, so this cigar was sent to me. I'm very excited. I thought about you when I saw this cigar. Well, Alex, our listener down in the Yucatan, he actually, he's in Yucatan, Mexico. He's an expatriate. Great guy. And all he and I messaged back and forth several times a week. And he sent me this cigar and said the same thing. He said, Shane, I thought of you when they said this cigar. So this is the Fratello Texan. Are you a big Fratello fan? <sighs> Not yet. Okay. But this is their chance. This is their opportunity. So check out this recipe. The blend uses an HVA Ecuadorian wrapper. I'm not sure what HVA means. No idea. 
Sumatra binder. Love Sumatra. Got to really be careful with Sumatra. Sumatra is a tough tobacco. Piloto Cubano Lajero, Anduyo, and Esteli Lajero, and Pennsylvania Lajero filler. Ooh, I want to try one of those. The only problem, the only problem is the Vitola on that is what seven and a half by sixty or something like that. Seven and an eighth by fifty-eight, right up my wheelhouse. Yeah, at all because I like a big cigar. I like a a larger gauge cigar than Trey enjoys. And I'll box of twenty, eleven dollars a cigar. I think that's right in that wheelhouse of what that cigar should cost. Um, Really. Omar is the name of the guy who owns that company. I've had a chance to meet him a couple of times. Omar DeFrias. I'm butchering that pronunciation, I'm sure. And um, this is a guy that used to work either for the CIA or NASA. I can't remember which. He was a big cigar fan and just decided that he was going to make a cigar and start his own cigar company. And he started with just the red label Fratello, which is a tr- as true a medium as you'll ever find because that's what he likes. And so he blended to that. And he's since come out with a couple of other lines. And he knows what he's doing. He's one of those grassroots guys that has put in FaceTime at all of his shops that carry his cigars and uh, has really built, built a very reputable brand. And with every new release, I just get that much more appreciation for the type of cigar that he blends. The recipe on that sounds phenomenal, so I can't wait to try it. Yeah, well, cigars are difficult because you can get too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, the Avo, what was it called? Avo started with an R. Uh, The Ritmo. Ritmo had like six ingredients and it was just a little more than what I wanted. It was just a little confusing. So this is going to be a master blender cigar. I'm going to be interested to see if they can pull all this together in such a way as to, but it, it sounds like they just made it for me. Yeah, it really does. Well, all right. So going to have to wrap it up for the night. Really enjoyed it. Joey. Thank you, Shane. Thanks for coming and being with us. I appreciate you being on. Yeah. I look forward to doing the Roar podcast with Same you. Here. I promise to only abuse you half as often as I do, Trey. That's still a lot. <laughs> but turnaround's fair play, right? Exactly. Since you said he could take it. Oh, can, that's right. Okay, yeah. good, good. I would never dish it out without taking it. <laughs> <laughs> and also, but thanks everybody for listening. Trey, how do they get a hold of us? So we are available via email at info at the cigarcast.com. You can reach us at facebook.com slash the cigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at the cigarcast. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to us tonight. And until next week, have a great cigar and think well of us.